The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamperin and Phil Golfie. Yes, good morning once again. RobGolfie.com is the website to go to. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime, whether you're dipping into the home buying or home selling market for the first time or the first time in a long time. 905-575-7700. 905-575-7700. Don't forget, Golfie gets it sold. They're all over social media there are some great videos listings on facebook twitter instagram check them out at, at rob golfie and subscribe to the hamilton real estate show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts if you have a question for the golfie team or a topic idea send them an email questions at rob is the email address again that is questions at rob com. we have lots to get to today including some uh, absolutely astronomical market stats here in the Hamilton Burlington uh, area. And uh, we also have uh, a unique story that we're going to get to towards the end of the show. But we'll start uh, with this one. It's a question that came in to you, Rob, that says, I'm planning to buy a home after being out of the market nearly 25 years. My real estate agent suggested we use an electronic signature to sign my offer. Is that allowed? Uh, yes. And, <laughs> and I know we get that question asked a lot. And, uh, and they're kind of nervous about it and uh, they're wondering, uh, what, uh, you know, is that legal? Your, your email address is like your home address. Uh, and most people don't change their email addresses unless like, you know, Kojiko Rogers sells to another company and then they say, Hey, in two years, you're going to have to change your email. That sucks. I know. Uh, but it's, it, it's, that's considered like your signature stamp, uh, uh, address. So, um, the one thing is, is especially during COVID, we used uh, it's called, we use a, a program called DocuSign, and we send it to you, and you can create your own signature or use a, a signature that they give you, and the same thing with initials. And it's all legal and binding. And I think I can't remember what year it came fully legal and binding. I remember it was July, and I can't remember what year it was. It had to be about three, four years ago uh, that uh, DocuSign was uh, for real estate agents were actually legally to use. It's when I first started. I was in the first DocuSign course for, for real estate agents when I first got into, into real estate. And I remember coming onto the team and, and I was, you know, one of the only ones who, who knew about it or, or who, who was using it. And I, and I was looking around at everyone. I'm like, why don't you guys just use DocuSign? Like it, you know, it's way more efficient. It works way better. And, and that was at the end of uh, 2015. So, so, so July, July, then it was July, 2015. That was uh, officially legal to, uh, that we could use DocuSign. I don't think lawyers are just there yet. I'm not sure how far where they're at with that uh, for DocuSign. 
lawyers, you have to be uh, physically present in front of a, uh, a lawyer to, uh, to sign papers. So this person is, is getting back into the market for the first time in a quarter of a century. 25 years ago, what was the process like? Yeah, you know, they signed initial. Twenty five years ago, it was six carbon carbon papers. You had to <laughs> initial and write everything really uh, on there, and you actually had to write out the conditions. You had to write it out. So, so he must. This guy must have just got out of jail. No, just kidding. <laughs> Twenty five <laughs> years to life. <laughs> but um, anyway, he uh, yeah. It's back those days. He, everything was handwritten. I uh, by you know you did it yourself. You had to know all the clauses you know off the top of your head and and, and write them down. And it was a it was a pretty long process back those days. And then over the years, then you had the computers, the printers, the faxes, and now we're at uh, the computer uh, DocuSign where you, you got an electronic uh, signature and initials. It's funny you mentioned uh, DocuSign because I just leased uh, a new vehicle a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the the auto industry still doesn't utilize DocuSign. I, you know, you still have to initial, you know, 70,000 pages, uh, you know, uh, put down your signature a couple of dozen times. It's, I mean, it's it's 2020. Uh, the the vehicles have changed dramatically, but the process to buy one is almost exactly the same as it has been since I got my first vehicle. It's it's yeah. it's really weird. That's that's funny. That's that, and they, and they allow uh, people buying and selling homes to do that. That's yeah. uh, that's that's pretty ironic. Yeah. So let's go to some statistics uh, in Hamilton, and uh, these numbers are absolutely eye popping. So what we're looking at is uh, the first two weeks of September, right? First two weeks of September. So I actually started. Uh, I actually started with the first uh, two weeks of June, first two weeks of July, first two weeks of August, and September. Right. And as you can see, Rick, I'm not sure if you have that in front of you. Yeah, I'm looking I, at it I, right now. I, I, I'm, so you could tell sales every month kept increasing from like first two weeks of June versus the first two weeks of July. But not only that. So I also put down homes that sold for full price or more. Yeah. So in June, 50% of the homes that were on the market sold, sold for full price or more in June. In July, it was 52%. In August, it was 55%. This is based on the first two weeks of every month. Now, in September, unbelievable, uh, the number of sales are at 522 for the month of uh, uh, first two weeks of September. That's from the first to the 15th. I went basically the first two weeks, 323 of those, uh, were full price or more 62% were full price or more in, in the first two weeks of September. Rick, that's unbelievable. Uh, it's just incredible. And then, and then if we look at sales in the first two weeks of September of 2019, the first two weeks versus the first two weeks of September, uh, of 2020, we're 87% higher in unit numbers of sales. So I thought September would start cooling down. It just ramped up. It's just, it, it looks like it's like, it's like more sales. There's a lot of buyers. And, uh, so I, you know what, things that haven't slowed down. I think we've basically went from a spring market into probably going right into a fall market, uh, back to back. Like there was, you know, usually we have a summer in between, but, uh, but it looks like uh, it's just ramping up. Yeah, there's, there's been no slowdown. So September 1 to 15, as you mentioned, in, in 2019, 279 homes sold in the first two weeks of September. 
2020, 522 homes sold in the first two weeks of that month. If if we were to include the entire month, and I know we can't do that for this month because we're not through the entire month, but do more homes get sold in the first two weeks of a month compared to the last two weeks? The last two weeks is always it's 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 we find our sales are stronger. So hmm. uh, our our actually our sales for the first two weeks of September are are probably our strongest as September so far. And I'm just I just can't imagine how the next two weeks are going to be. Um, so we're, we've usually uh, like like our last two weeks of the month are usually our strongest two weeks. Uh, and every month in, month out, always. Uh, it seems that, uh, and same thing, I was talking to a friend of mine, he owns, uh, uh, you know, different, a uh, bunch of car dealerships, and he says his sales are always stronger in the last two weeks of the month also. And, and why is that? Is that because people, uh, I'm, I'm just looking at maybe they get paid on the 1st and the 15th, so they have just a little bit more money in the last two weeks? Is that, does yeah, that make sense? I, I don't know. I, it's just, it's hard to tell the trend, eh? It's just, uh, it, I mean, Somebody has to really dig deep in, uh, and to find why that trend is like that. And that's just, it's not just, uh, a, like a little, it's like, it's quite a bit. Like, it's just, uh, you almost have to, it, that's a hard thing to pinpoint, but it seems to be that way. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine has put his home in Niagara up for sale and, uh, he has an offer on another home in the same area. He's had multiple showings. Uh, you know, the, the pandemic is still here. Uh, but he says that the process has really stressed him out. He hasn't bought, he bought his, his current home, I think, like 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Has buying and selling become more stressful than ever, pandemic or not? Yeah. 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 Especially if you can't, if you sell and you can't find what you're looking for, that becomes even more difficult. Part of the, part of the reason it's so stressful is because it, the market, the market's moving so fast. And I mean, when you look at the statistics in, in terms of even five to 10 years ago, the days on market is, is, is a lot longer than, than what it is right now. Um, you know, w- w- there's a lot of, in, in terms of the buying and selling process, there's a lot of unknown variables to the entire equation where, you know, people are, are having to take a little bit of a, a risk. And if you're not uncomfortable with, with that unknown, it, 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 it's very stressful and, and, uh, and, and emotional. So, you know, in term, it, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's a difficult market to be buying and selling or, or to be buying and selling is, is, is less difficult, but, but it is, it is very stressful and emotional. And you add, you know, children into the mix, maybe some pets, and, you know, you're having to, you know, wheel them all out of the house when they're showings and that. It's, uh, yeah, the anxiety has got to be going through the roof. The, the, people, the people that have the most anxiety are pets and uh, men. Those, those, really? You get those, yeah. Men is stress out more than the women do when it comes to moving and packing. Uh, just because men, they can stay where they are forever. But um, they're moving, you know, the, you know I, I, because of the family's growing or, or whatever. But uh, men stress more than uh, women do when it comes to moving. It's just, uh, it's just human nature. And a lot of, and, it, and, it, and it, sh- it shows, and it's one of the top 10 uh, most stressful things that people experience in their life uh, is, is moving. So more often than not, the woman in the relationship, whether it's a family or just a couple, is more, I guess, uh, inclined to move somewhere else. And, and the guy just wants to stay there. Yeah. So the woman's excited about moving and the men are like, <laughs> okay, we got to move. <laughs> it's like, he's, he's like, we got to do all this work. He's thinking about the work and, 
and uh, and the women are thinking like, hey, this is great. We're moving to a new house and, uh, or right. whatever. And uh, yeah, so it's exciting for the women and it's depressing for the man. Well, they're, just, the, the woman's probably thinking about, you know, the decorating ideas, the possibilities. Yeah. The man is thinking about all the negatives, right? The moving, the, you know, putting everything the painting, in boxes. Yeah, all exactly. He has to redo stuff. And, you know, <laughs> oh, absolutely. He's thinking about the work. He's thinking about the work. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. When we yeah, come back, we're yeah. going gonna to dive into a uh, report from RBC Economics that predicts that home sales are going to slow down in the fall, but prices won't be impacted. So we'll talk about that when we return here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin in the studio here at 875 Main Street West, down the road at 1 Mark Linda's Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website you want to go to. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Go there right now while you're listening to the show. Don't forget, Golfie gets it sold, and they're all over social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The handle is at Rob Golfie. Subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you have a question or a topic idea for the Golfie team, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. Uh, we have a couple of RICO decisions or uh, penalties that we'll get to in a matter of minutes. But I, I, I saw this story online this week, and I, I said, we got to touch on this because earlier on in the year we discussed the CMHC uh, housing market outlook in which it predicted you know double digit declines in both sales and a you know a, a price uh, disaster for home sellers it has been the exact opposite I'm not sure how they got that completely wrong and are still employed but it is what it is but this is all about pent-up demand and that's basically what has really driven the market the supply and demand scenario uh, the GTA buyers looking to cash in on their high-priced properties in their area and, and looking at Hamilton as a, a, a way more affordable option, especially if they are working from home. They don't have to make that commute anymore. Uh, but this article says pent-up demand is simply, you know, buyers and sellers largely staying away from the market last spring because of uncertainties brought on by the pandemic. They returned in force this summer, and we're certainly seeing it in the stats. RBC Economics issuing a new housing report and Robert Hogue is the economist uh, quoted in this article, and he says, quote, with pent-up demands now largely exhausted, we see activity cooling later this fall. The rally posted by the real estate market this summer will lose momentum this fall. And he goes on to say perhaps just enough to keep the heat on in September, but not much beyond that. Uh, he says that this will likely let some of the steam out of prices, though not to the point of causing outright declines on a large scale. And he adds that all signs point to still higher prices in the near term. Tight demand supply conditions in the majority of markets will keep the balance tilted toward faster price increases 
in the coming months. So he's predicting that sales are going to slow a little bit, but the prices are going to hold firm or at least uh, stay close to where they have been. Yeah, I, I agree with him because he's even saying that uh, September, um, and I and uh, he's probably looking at the numbers. This article was just put out, put out in the last, I guess, what uh, this couple week. of days. Yeah, yeah, a couple. Of, yeah, so so he's looking at he's probably looking at the numbers also and saying, you know what, September seems to be you know going on strong too, and uh, so he's yeah, I, I think he's bang on right on on that. So, but we don't know. Like it's like that's his prediction, but. I mean, if October keeps going the way the way it is, like we like like Rick, since June, numbers are increasing every month when it comes to uh, unit numbers of selling, and housing prices keep climbing and climbing. And I, I mean, there'll be a point where it stops, and then it'll have to you know, sit there for a while before the you know the economy catches up to it. But uh, but yeah, no, I think uh, you know we're gonna. I think I think September is going to be a, another big record month overall in general and uh and then so next year we're going to have all these high expectations <laughs> because because yeah, yeah. because everything got going back like everything got pushed back or pushed forward or whatever when it came to the spring summer and fall market but but yeah i think uh i think october will be a normal fall market hopefully maybe i don't know it, it, or it can continue on the way where it's going uh, home resales hit a record high in August, rising 6.2% nationally from July. And the benchmark price of homes in Canada increased 9.4% year over year last month. Considering the numbers we're seeing in September, you just mentioned October as well. Could we maybe see when the cold weather arrives a, a return to normality, whether it's November and into December and in, in the holiday season? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the, every single prediction anyone has, including CMHC, has been completely thrown out the window. So, so we're, you know, we're on we're on a week by week basis, um, and 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 trying to get an understanding or a feel for the market. I think I think you know, me personally, my expectation is is we're going to go through a little bit of a softer market as we get into the winter months, and then once we get into into, you know, February, even even late January in 2021, I think it's going to start to heat up again. And, and as we looked at the past markets, and I remember we talked about this on the show, the spring market has hit earlier and earlier and earlier every year. And I, and I remember us talking about, you know, the spring market, that crazy busy market was, was March in, in 2016. And then, and then it was the end of February in 2017. And then, and then, you know, 2018 was the middle of February. So it's, it's kind of everybody trying to time the market specifically and, and getting all ready for the spring. But I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens as we go through the winter months. I think the buyers are still going to be there, but it, it all depends on, on where our inventory stands. If, if, if we're still at the inventory right now um, that, that we're at, I think we're, we're still going to continue into those multiple offer situations and, and, and that really busy buying period. Um, as we go through the winter months, it might not be as, as, as heated as it was, you know, right now or, or is right now. But I, I think I think as we get into you know Q1 next year, I think it's going to be it's going to be another ramped up, busy, busy market, and and you know there's still a lot of people out there that that are sitting on the sidelines that are waiting to buy something who've maybe lost out in multiple offer situations. There's still a lot of people who are planning on moving, um, who whose real estate needs and, and we've you know we've used this term a lot. Their real estate needs have have changed. And they're getting their house ready, or they're they're in the process of preparing a move over the next six months. And and especially, you know, as we 
as we get out of this pandemic or, or maybe not out of it, but as we, as if, if we turn ourselves back and, and go back into an earlier phase that we were earlier um, this year in terms of the pandemic, I mean, this is just going to heighten the, the people wanting to get, you know, wanting to get to rural areas. They're going to want that home gym or that home office or a, or a bigger living space. So, you know, we're still in a, in a, in a, in a, in a dynamic where people's real estate needs are, are continuing to change and, and, you know, we're here to, to help them and assist them and make that move. Still to come on the show, we got a couple of uh, RICO decisions that uh, we're going to get to. And uh, check out your mailbox pretty soon for uh, a, a new message from the Golfie team. That's coming out uh, as we speak. But I want to touch on this because, uh, you know, we've talked about millennials uh, uh, a bunch on this show over the last number of years. And uh, there was an interesting article about how realtors are helping first-time home-buying millennials. And for, for some, it's really a bad time uh, to invest in their first-ever home because their, their job may have been thrown in flux. or Maybe they're out of work. You know, prices are going up. They can't afford it. So it's really hard for them to get in. In saying that, millennials will comprise the largest percentage of home buyers in 2020, according to Realtor.com's 2020 Housing Market Predictions. Uh, and there's three tips that uh, we can all chew on here. Number one, and this goes without saying, make everything a buyer needs to make a decision accessible online. 51% of buyers now find their homes online. That Actually, that step might be a little bit low now during the pandemic. Uh, this is now more important than ever in COVID-19 times when buyers are hesitant about meeting with a real estate agent to tour a home in person and open houses aren't as frequent. 3D virtual tours. How huge has the 3D virtual tour been for millennial or first-time home buyers, and and for those who have re-entered the home buying market? The uh, the 3D virtual tours actually uh, eliminates a lot of people that probably would have walked through, and now they say, you know, what, I don't think that's for me. So you actually narrow down uh, the buyer to more down to a, a refined buyer. So if you're if you have a, a 3D virtual tour on the listing and, and buyers looking at it, says, no, he can tell that's not for him. So he'll go on to the next house. Hmm. But also the buyer that really is looking for it, uh, is looking at that house and say, Hey, I think this might be the house for us. So the true real buyer will come to the house and look at it. So instead of getting 30 showings on a house, you might get maybe 10 or 12 that are serious, serious buyers that looked at, at this house online. They checked out every corner of the house. And they're saying, "Hey, and and they're and they're the true serious buyer of that, especially with the 3D virtual tours." So, so and, and millennials, they do everything online. They do everything. They're not yeah. going to walk. They're not the type of people to waste their time. Just got to, you know, got three hours to look at, you know, ten homes or whatever. They. They're gonna they're gonna zero in on on four or five and they're gonna make a decision from probably that. So the the whole online experience, three D virtual tour included, has really eliminated the so called tire kickers. You're you're getting the serious buyers who you know have made a commitment to not just kind of look around, but to really, you know, they've already made the decision that they're selling their home or they're buying another home. They're they're all in. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the people that are using the 3D virtual tours is, is what we've seen is the numbers continue to go way up. Um, and, and, and this is something that we did as an added service to our marketing strategy, even prior to the pandemic. But when the pandemic hit, you know, we can track, we have the metrics to be able to track how long people are spending on those 3D virtual tours. And, and our numbers went from, you know, 30 seconds to a minute all the way up to like on an average of six to seven minutes. So whether it's, you know, a situation of, of people 
that are at home and have nothing to do that are scrolling through homes or serious buyers actually taking the time and initiative to, 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 to do other due diligence and research prior to actually showing the home. We've seen them become very valuable in, in, in our selling process and our marketing strategy. So it's been, been extremely efficient for us. Do you find more often than not when uh, prospective home buyers call the Golfie team, they've already looked at the virtual tour? Most definitely. And in the situation, you know, there's some problems that arise when, when some listings have them and some listings don't where, you know, if we're working with the buyer, um, more often than not, they'll request, Hey, listen, you know, does that, that, does that listing have a 3d virtual tour? And we'll say, no, unfortunately it does not. And, and this is something that, you know, people are relying on to use as part of their home buying strategy. So, um, we, we found that the listings that have them and, and, and the real estate agents that are, that are doing them as part of their marketing strategy, um, have been extremely efficient. And the ones that, 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 that don't necessarily have them are, are, are sometimes being looked over um, in, the, in the home buying process. Point number two for uh, how do you help first-time home buying millennials is to simply hold their hand throughout the process. Buying your first home is a daunting task, giving rise to anxiety and feelings of instability. Uh, the more stable they feel, the more likely they will complete their purchase. How true is that? It's big time. It's, it's, we're, we're put in a position where we, the, the way we are successful in helping home first time home buyers is, is, um, act like they know absolutely nothing. Now, a lot of the first time home buyers, they're coming in extremely educated and, 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 and having their, their, you know, have done, have done their due diligence. Um, but, and, and it's, everybody's at a different stage, right? Some people are, are really green, um, and, and aren't familiar with the process at all, where some people are, are very understanding as to, you know, they have a plan in place and objective they want to attain and, and things of that nature. So it's, it's, it's vetting and verifying um, each and every individual and, and, and adjusting to where they're at or, or what level they're at in terms of the, the, you know, understanding of the buying process. So that's, uh, it, it, that's our job to, to be able to, to understand, you know, what their needs are and being able to walk them through the process. And, and there's a lot of people who, who, you know, first time home buyers, they're, They've done a lot of research, whether they're, you know, relying on Google or YouTube or, or what have you, is, is they're coming to us and, and, and they have everything done um, from, you know, obtaining a pre-approval from a, from a mortgage lender to understanding, you know, what exact neighborhood that they want to live in and, and, and knowing what type of product or home that they want to move into and, and, and identifying their needs. And, and they're saying, you know, they're coming to us and saying, hey, this is exactly what I want. This is where I want to be. Um, you know, can you help me find a house? And and, uh, and, and, and then there's other people who, who are coming to us and say, you know, Hey, I want to buy a house in the next six months. Where do I start? So we, we get everybody, uh, and, and, and then we get everybody in between. Uh, and the last point on how you help first time home buying millennials is the millennial generation, uh, puts a specific emphasis on values and, you know, certain brands or, you know, they, they want to work for certain companies. They also tend to crave walkability, proximity, uh, to things to do and experience understanding what matters most to a buyer beyond what they want from the actual house can help the sales process evolve more easily. So it's not just about the physical structure of the house, but what's around it as well. Oh yes, yeah. It's a, like usually uh, uh, single millennials are looking for something. You know, there's uh, restaurants, uh, you know, easy access to uh, you know transportation or even uh, the cleanie. Um, but uh, as the millennials, uh, you know, they meet somebody and they uh, they decide to you know move in together. 
That's one aspect. And then the, and the third aspect is now they're having a family. So the millennials are starting to have families right now. So, and, and it changes. There's three, there's three dimensional uh, ways like millennials are doing it. And uh, so sometimes they go from just buying a, a condo and, and, you know, living a nice life with restaurants and with everything else nearby. And then the next one is they're actually, uh, um, you know, getting married and having kids. So that's the next step. Uh, they're very specific on what they're looking for. They want, you know, a nice little backyard, but you know, put swings and stuff like that for the, you know, kids that they plan on having. And so there's definitely a lot of uh, changes that millennials that are seeking out right there. Still to come on the show, we're going to get to a couple of RICO decisions, including one that deals with a property's furnace and a hot water tank. Do you own your own? Do you rent? Well, we'll touch on that when we come back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. On the line once again this week is Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team. Check them out online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. At Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. Check them out on Facebook as well. And download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast so you never miss an episode. If you have a question or a topic idea for the Golfie team, send them an email. Questions? at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. The Golfie team coming to your mailbox this week, so check it out. Uh, an important message that uh, we're going to touch on uh, in our final segment of the show. But uh, let's get to these. Uh, there's two RICO uh, decisions, and uh, there's one on May 31st of 2018, one on May 15th of 2018. We'll start with the one on May 31st, and uh, I'll read the summary, and then uh, you guys can give me your thoughts on uh, what transpired here. Uh, the seller's representative listed the property's furnace and hot water tank as extras in the listing and indicated that the hot water tank was owned by the seller. The agreement of purchase and sale included a gas furnace and hot water tank as chattels and indicated that they were owned. The furnace and hot water tank were both rented. The seller's representative did not make an effort to confirm the status of the furnace or hot water tank prior to listing the property. Due to this oversight, the sellers paid approximately $8,000 to complete the transaction, and in the agreement, the seller's representative agreed to compensate the sellers four grand for the error. Is this a common occurrence? This, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty serious situation because sometimes a lot of people don't know that their hot water tank is a rental. They think they own it. And uh, so... So we actually make them initial that uh, uh, where it says uh, uh, rental, are there any rentals? And they, and they say, oh, no, no, my, uh, 
my my furnace and air conditioner is, and and hot water tank is owned. I go, okay, just initial here so that you know because because then after they'll say, well, listen, I don't remember that you telling me that. Um, the key factor is a, a lot of people do not know uh, about their uh, rental furnace, and so they, we always double check on our team. We double check. The second part is a lot of people don't know what the buyout is on their furnace that they rented. And it, and it, it's a lot of money, especially if somebody got a uh, rental furnace and a rental air conditioner, it, it becomes, it, it's, it's a big factor even on closing date. Cause sometimes these contracts, they are severe in, in penalties of cap paying them out. And most people do not like to uh, rent furnaces, especially when they're purchasing the property. They don't want, they want that cleaned out. They, they don't, they don't mind renting the hot water tank cause it, cause that's kind of the norm for everybody out there. But when it comes to renting a furnace and, and they just, they just prefer to own it instead of uh, rent it. And, uh, and sometimes uh, people are shocked at the, uh, at the payout that's on there. Now this realtor probably something happened there. Maybe didn't ask him if it was a rental uh, and he didn't emphasize on the rental part. We do. And that's why the realtor paid $4,000. Uh, he's lucky he didn't have to pay $8,000 because that that's really his fault because his job is, to get all the information correct when he's putting that house on the market on MLS. So would that $8,000 uh, the, to complete the transaction, would that have paid off the rental agreement, do you think? Yes, $8,000 was the payoff to, to pay out the uh, uh, rental agreement wow. on the, uh, I think on the furnace and the hot water tank. And uh, so that, that, that's a lot of money. Like yeah. This, yeah, this is a topic that, that's discussed at the beginning of the listing. Uh, anytime somebody somebody wants to list their property and calls us in for a home evaluation or 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 we're actually going to market these there, there's a questionnaire that we go through and one of the you know as we mentioned one of the things that we emphasize on and and double verify is is to ensure the rental items in the property more often than not I would say 90% of homes have a have a a rented hot water heater okay it's more rare to see a a, a rental um, uh, air conditioner and a rental furnace. And, and in those instances, those payouts are usually a, a significant dollar amount um, in which people will, will, will have to pay out depending on the negotiation of the contract. So we have to verify and double verify to let the purchasers know what exact rental agreements are, are, are in the property. Even if, even if the seller plans on buying them out, um, we still have to highlight that they are a rental agreement and make sure that we state that the seller will be paying out the rental contracts on the transaction. I have a property coming up in Brantford right now and, and, um, both the air conditioner unit and the furnace are rentals. And, and we had this conversation conversation prior to, and we verified that they were rentals and my buyers have agreed to pay those contracts out if need be on closing. So in the listing, that's what I have to state. And, and, and I have to, um, I have to to highlight to every potential buyer and every every agent and let them know of the of the rental contract situation. So um, sometimes there's misinformation and miscommunication is because sometimes people don't know they're actually paying for a rental. Um, 
and, and, and that's where some problems arise. Yeah. What happens when two realtors get into an argument? We'll touch on that when we come back here on the Hamilton that Real Estate Show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Homeward bound. Alaska around here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin along with Rob Golfi and Philip Golfi, sales representatives with Remaxis Gartman Realty, the Golfi team. 905-575-7700 to call the Golfi team. Again, that's 905-575-7700. RobGolfi.com is the website you want to go to and has the hottest listings in town. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfi on Twitter, Instagram. Check them out on Facebook as well. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast so you never miss an episode. So here's another uh, resolved complaint that uh, Rico had to deal with. The seller directed their representative to hold all offers for the property until a specific date and time. The buyer's representative showed the property to his client and the buyer decided that they would submit an offer by the designated date. The date and time for the offer presented was changed, but the buyer's representative was not aware of that change. And as a result, their client did not have an opportunity to submit an offer. An argument ensued between the buyer's representative and the seller's representative. Although the listing brokerage had sent emails to notify all interested parties about the revised timeline, the buyer's representative had not provided an updated email address to the listing brokerage. The agreement? Well, both parties agreed to communicate more effectively in the future. <laughs> this is, uh, go ahead, Phil. So, so the, the, and speaking of the problem, I mean, this was, this was a miscommunication problem. It wasn't a real estate problem. It wasn't uh, an ethical issue. This was just simply a, a miscommunication and somebody having the wrong email. Um, so, so what happens is, and this, this has happened in, in today's market where, you know, somebody will put a listing up for sale and, and, and have a specified date and time as to when they're presenting offers. Now, people that are a little bit eager and aggressive um, will try to submit what we call a bully offer prior to that specified date. Okay. Now the seller still has the right to, to accept that offer. However, if the seller is going to look at that preemptive offer or that bully offer, the selling agent has to notify each and every single individual who's shown interest in that property. Interest could be a showing interest could be a call interest can be an email. Each and, 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 and then when they, when they notify those people, they will change the date. Okay. And they'll say, you know, instead of Monday at 2 PM, we're going to review offers tonight at 8 PM. Now each and every, every individual has to have the right to be able to present an offer to that selling party. Um, so it's, it's fair for all parties. So what this selling agent did, they had every intention to do the right thing and they did the right thing in, in notifying every single body. This is exactly how it's supposed to be done. If you are going to accept a preemptive offer. Um, however, there was just a miscommunication that um, the, the selling representative had the, had the wrong email. Huh. And now when, when, you know, people are, people are, you know, sometimes overwhelmed. Oh my goodness. You know, what if there's 30 or 40 or 50 showings, you've got to notify everybody. We have the technology to be able to send an email to each and every interested party with one click of a button. It takes 30 seconds. 
to keep everybody in touch and informed. And there's no excuse for not being able to inform people uh, as to the offer presentation times and the, and the offer registration. Um, so, so, you know, in, in listening to you present that article, the selling agent did everything there in their power. The, the, the buyer representative that was, um, that was wrong, unfortunately had uh, a wrong email in, in the system. So we've got a couple of minutes. Yeah, we got a couple of minutes to talk about uh, a flyer that is coming out to uh, Hamilton mailboxes. But uh, you wanted to give a shout out to uh, Golfy Team Sales Representative Stacy Bontis. Yes, uh, she um, um, she was uh, called in on on a property, and I'll read this. Uh, uh, Stacy went to a home evaluation recently. Upon uh, her arri- arrival, the client revealed that they were in the process of negotiating a private sale of their property, and uh, they were only interested in the pay in a value, right? So, so they're just calling her to say, hey, listen, we want to make sure that we're selling it, we're selling it and everything's good. The client shared that the other, uh, de- um, the offer details and Stacy on our team felt with strong representation, the client could negotiate a higher price. So her clients agreed to give her a shot. So basically Stacy said, hey, listen, you can get a lot more money than what your clients, uh, what, what this person's offering you privately for sale. So it comes as no surprise uh, to me that Stacy was able to negotiate a sale price of 82,000 higher than the original offer that, that, uh, these people were offered. So her clients were thrilled and Stacy's, uh, fierce negotiations, the competitive nature was, was fantastic. So, so be careful. Uh, you know, you, you think you're giving a, you're getting a good deal by uh, selling to, you know, uh, it could be a neighbor, family, friends, or, or somebody just knocking on your door, uh, get, get a, a real good opinion. And Stacy basically got eighty-two thousand dollars more for this uh, couple, wow. and uh, it would have been it would have been a sad sad situation if they were shortchanged on uh, on the sale price of their home. Big time. We got to run, but there's a flyer in the mail from the golfy team coming out. Correct? That's right. Yeah, take a look in your mailboxes. We got stats of of the Hamilton, Halton, Niagara, and Toronto uh, area of uh, home prices uh, for, uh, you know from uh, August of last year versus August of this year. And, uh, and, uh, we got some points on what, uh, home renovations, how much they can, uh, improve, uh, uh, value on your house. So yeah, take a look at it. It's good information and, uh, don't hesitate to call us if, uh, if you would want a, a home evaluation on your home. RobGolfie.com is the website. 905-575-7700. Guys, another great program today. And thank you for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at nine on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified. The guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.